Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The beginning of the new year, now nine days old, tends to always cause one to think and reflect a little bit about the past year or so. So many things that have happened, and yet at the same time, so many things that could have been, should have been. You know, those if-onlys. Today, there are probably thousands of people who are thinking, if only I had voted this way or that way in the last election. Or for some, maybe if I had voted at all, things would be different. Montana State fans are probably thinking this morning, if only Tommy Mallott hadn't gotten hurt in the FCS National Championship game, things might have been different. But the real question is, what are your if-onlys? What are mine? If only I had exercised a little bit more. Or maybe a lot more. If only I had driven slower on the snow and icy covered streets. If only I had spent more time with my kids. Your life and mine can easily become a conditional sentence. And that conditional sentence can easily go in one of two directions. If only I had done this, or if only I hadn't done that. And because we are people, that is, men and women who truly desire to serve God faithfully, each one of us can think of if onlys that truly haunt our consciences. Things that we have done that we know have angered our God. Things that we know that are not God's will. Things that we know a person like me should not do. In fact, cannot do. And so the first verse from our text in Romans chapter 6 slaps us in the face. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? You and I know the answer before Paul even speaks it. Even our dull minds that are muddled with our selfish, sinful nature know that thinking God wants us to sin, that God tolerates sin, that even God encourages sin, well, the idea of that is just ridiculous. We know better, but we also know who we are. We know those if-onlys that stand between ourselves and our only and holy and just God. Yeah, we know better. The problem is we don't do better. So where does the Apostle Paul take us? Does he string us along with some nice conditional sentences? Maybe something like, if you only try harder, brothers and sisters, you'll be able to do what God wants. If you only become the man or woman God wants you to be. If you only got the seven principles of godliness down. Is that where St. Paul takes us? No. He doesn't. In fact, there are no if-onlys in Romans chapter 6. Instead, the Apostle gives us some wins. 
all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death. Just as Christ was raised from the dead, so also we might walk in newness of life. We died with Christ and believe that we also will live with Him. The uncertainty of what we may or may not be able to do is replaced with the certainty of what has been done for us. Our if only is replaced by God's when. In fact, in our text, there are three wins. First, the win of the work of Jesus Christ. Christ was raised from the dead. Paul says he is to never die again. The death he died, he died to sin once for us all. What is it that releases us from the power of sin? Nothing except his death. Once for all, the death of Jesus who three days later rose to life. No if-onlys about this action of God. Only an underlined, highlighted, and circled when. As we confessed earlier today in the Apostles' Creed, when He became man and was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He overcame the sting of death and opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. When? Not if Christ's victory over sin accomplished this. That's the first one. The second one is actually a pretty fair question. When did we become connected in this work of Christ? How does our if only get replaced with this when of Jesus Christ? How does it have anything to do with my life, my condition? Well, that connection of uniting ourselves with Christ came in our baptism, just as it will for Mila here this morning in the 1045 service. All of us who have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into His death. We have become united with Him. His death becomes the death of sin's mastery over us. His rising to new life becomes our new life. There is no wondering if I have forgiveness. No wondering whether or not I have new life. Because there is a win that I can point to. Right there in that spot. On a Sunday in July, the 27th, That's when I died to sin and was raised to new life in Christ. All of you, all of us who have been baptized into Christ, have this win in different places, in different times, but each one of us, having been baptized, are united into the same death and life of our one Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in thinking about baptism... It reminds me of the entrance to the chapel of St. Timothy and Titus on the campus of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. Upon entering the chapel, you pass by the baptismal font. It's placed right there in the vestibule, symbolizing that baptism is the sacrament of entrance into the church. A feature of this baptismal font is the constant circulating of water. That too is a symbol of the newness of baptized life in Christ. 
However, several years ago, there was a malfunction that stopped the water from circulating. A maintenance man was summoned to correct the problem, but since he couldn't get the water moving again, he attached a sign to the baptismal font which read, Out of Order. Sometimes our faith stops functioning the way God intends. Maybe you haven't been attending church or watching it online for a long time. Maybe you're holding a grudge against someone and it's damaging your relationship with that person and with God. When out of order describes your faith life, there's no need to be rebaptized. Think of it this way. When you get lost on a trip, do you return home and start over? No, of course not. You just find out where you got off course and get back on the right highway. Baptism is a command of God. And the blessings of baptism are sure in His Word as His Word is sure. When your baptismal life gets out of order, we just need to get back on the right path. Meaning, we need to repent. Welcome that forgiveness of sins that comes from on high and then go on with our life's journey. Each one of us has been baptized into the same death and life of our one Lord Jesus Christ. All of us have died. And all of us have been raised to new life. Because of all of us have been united to Christ in our baptism. Which leads without fail to the third win of our text. When we live new lives. The Apostle Paul writes, We were buried therefore with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. We have died to sin already. It is not a question of if we should continue to sin. When we died in our baptism, we were given new life. So as our text concludes in verse 11, we are living not for sin, but for God. Continuing in sin has nothing to do with living for God. There is no if only for those who have been baptized into Christ. Because of the work of Christ, we have been connected in our baptism, and we now have new lives that flow from this gift. As Martin Luther put in his preface to this epistle to the Romans, it is a living, busy, active, mighty thing, this faith. It is impossible for it not to be doing good things incessantly. It is not asked whether good things are to be done, but before the question is asked, it has already done this. There is no wondering if we are living new lives. Because of our connection to Christ, we are and we do. Now exactly what this new life looks like, St. Paul does not detail it for us here in this reading. But later on in Romans, he will talk about things like humility, serving God, serving one another, obeying the government, loving our fellow believers, staying away from drunkenness and sexual immorality. Those were issues that Paul had to address with that congregation. For us, there may very well be different issues as well. Paul elsewhere, and indeed in the rest of Scripture, adds significantly to that list. Which again might throw us into doubt. 
Because we know that again and again, you and I will fail. No matter how long or short the list is, whether there's five items, ten items on the list, or even 500 items on the list, we will fail. That is another when, but not directly dealt with in our text. The what happens when we sin, even as we are people that already have new life. But thanks be to God, the answer is not far away. In fact, it is the answer of our text. We stay away from the if-onlys and go back to the wins. The win of the cross, which removed the guilt of our sin from us. The win of our baptism, which gave us the benefits of the cross and gave us new life in Him. And so weekly or even daily, as we worship and receive forgiveness of sins in the name into which we were baptized, as we call upon that name into which we were baptized, we are reminded of and in fact receive the benefits of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Buried our sin and given us new life. And so now today, without any if-onlys, we live new lives in Him, who is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, now and forevermore. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard our hearts and minds through faith, in Christ Jesus, unto life everlasting. Amen.